Welcome to The Short-Term Show, the show about short-term rentals and long-term wealth, with real property owners hosting real properties who are crushing it in the vacation and short-term rental space. And here's your host, Avery Carl. Come party with me, Cashflow Carl at BPCon. I'm hosting the Short-Term Rental Workshop. You can sign up for this when you sign up for BPCon. You can do that at biggerpockets.com slash events. This is October 15th, October 15th through the 17th for the event. I am speaking at two different presentations, but uh, what you're looking to sign up for is the Short-Term Rental Workshop hosted by yours truly, Cashflow Carl the Reverend of Real Estate, and Avery Carl. So the Short-Term Rental Workshop, BPCon 2023, October 15th. Sign up before it sells out. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Short-Term Show. So, so many of you are always asking questions about real estate professional status and the STR loophole and tracking your real estate professional status or reps hours. So we have a really cool guest today that I think a lot of you, especially you physicians out there or other high-income W-2 earners might find interesting if you have interest in all of that. So I will go ahead and introduce Kirsten Limmer. Did I pronounce that right? I'm sorry. Yeah, you sure did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always job. the ones that I think I'm not going to have a problem with that end up throw me a curveball. So glad, <laughs> totally. glad I did that right. Sorry. Uh, well, nice to meet you. Thank you so much for coming on. And you are the founder of Reps Tracker. So let's talk yes. a little bit about that. And then I want to backtrack to your background in real estate investing. First, let's yeah. talk about what Reps Tracker is. Yeah. Yeah. So Reps Tracker is an app and a, a website. So it's an online tool um, and mobile app to track real estate professional hours and hours for the short-term rental loophole. So whether you're trying to qualify for reps or for the short-term loophole, it can track both um, in kind of a separate um, platform within the app. Um, and I can talk, if you want, I can kind of give a brief primer on what both of those are, unless you, you think your, your podcast listeners are really just um, experts on this already. No, no. Let's start from the very beginning. Explain it yeah. to all of us, myself included, like I'm five. Why do we need this? What does it track? Why do we need to track these things? Yeah, yeah. So um, so so there they are two separate tax loopholes, but um very similar. They're almost like brother and sister tax loopholes. Um, so for real estate professional status, um, well, actually, I should say. I should uh, first talk about the benefits because why why do you even want to like go down this road? Um, and the reason is um, normally when you are a professional, um, you have a W-2 income um, and then you also have rental real estate. Typically, the way that the tax code works is that your W-2 income is considered non-passive income and your rental real estate is considered passive income. And because of this, it's almost like there's like a firewall between them. Like you can think of them as two separate buckets. So whatever you're making or expensing in one bucket, you can't add or subtract to the other bucket. And that becomes really important because most people who have a rental empire 
will be able to show a loss on their taxes. So even though they may have a profitable rental empire, they're still able to show a loss on their taxes. And when that same person or they're married to somebody who has a really high W-2 income, it becomes really important to be able to take that loss and rather than suspend it over years and years and years, take that loss and subtract it from their W-2 income, right? Because that, that can be a super powerful strategy to save money on taxes today rather than kind of suspending over and over and over over time. Um, and the only way that you can do this is by um, having real estate professional status or uh, declaring the, the short-term rental loophole. So, so being able to qualify for the short-term rental loophole. Um, and um, so real estate professional status, otherwise known as reps, in order to qualify for reps, you have to show that you're a real estate professional. And in the eyes of the IRS, that's a little different than, um, you know, like being a real estate agent, you know, clearly you're a real estate professional in the real world, but for the, the tax part of the world, it's a little bit different. Um, so um, to do that, you have to um, have 750 hours um, in the real estate world. And then you also have to show that you materially participate in your rentals. Um, the kicker for um, real estate professional status is that you also have to show that you spend more time in real estate than you do in anything else. So um, your W-2 job, maybe your like side, other side gig, all of that stuff cannot be more than your real estate hours. And that becomes really, really hard for a lot of people that have W-2 jobs because it's hard to show that you, the IRS, that you have two full-time jobs. Um, and so there's, you know, lots of like cases in um, the court that have happened um, that, that unfortunately investors have lost because of that part of it. Like they just are not able to prove that they spent more time in real estate. Um, However, for the short-term rental loophole, the, the major distinction for this one is that if you qualify for the short-term rental loophole, um, I should back up, you're able to qualify for the short-term rental loophole if um, you materially participate in your rentals. And if you can just show that that's what you do and your rentals qualify as short-term rentals, so seven days or less that they're in service um, as an average length of stay. So um, so let's say like you have a, a year of Airbnb bookings, as long as the average of those bookings is seven days or less, um, then those properties can be um, in the short term rental loophole. Now, you do not have to show that you spend more time in real estate than anything else in when you're using the short term rental loophole. So that actually becomes a really important distinction for people who want to continue their job. So, um, you know, like the, uh, like we talked about, a lot of doctors who will um, be trying to qualify for either one of those. And the short term rental loophole is much, much easier to qualify for if you're a doctor who wants to continue doctoring. Um, so, yeah, hopefully that that cleared up everything. Okay. So, I want to direct everyone to another one of our previous podcast episodes. So if this is confusing to you and you're like, wait a minute, I don't understand all this. We have two, well, actually we have three really great episodes with CPAs. So one with Ryan Bakey, one with uh, Amanda Hahn, and uh, I'm blanking on the third one because I am an asshole. I will put it in the show notes though. Uh, <laughs> Brandon Hall, Brandon Hall is okay. the third one. Okay. 
So uh, if all of this, all of these terms and stuff are confusing, go back and listen to a few of those, specifically Ryan Bakey's, because he explains in detail all of what, what reps is. He goes into detail about the STR loophole. So if you're feeling a little confused, go back and listen to any of those three, but particularly Ryan's, and then you should be caught up to, to this conversation because we are not CPAs, so we're not giving you tax yeah. advice. Yeah. But uh, Kirsten you are kind of like the end, like you're the main type of demographic of the end user of this type of tracker. So do you want to go into a little bit about your background and what you were doing that made you decide, hey, there's a need for this in the marketplace and I think I'm going to create it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I am a doctor, um, I'm a pediatrician and I'm also married to a doctor. Um, and we have been investing in real estate um, for many years. Um, and we, we actually started out in the short-term rental world in our real estate investments. And um, when we were, when, when COVID hit, my kids, like everybody else, we have three kids, they got sent home to do digital homeschool and we didn't have any childcare. We were at that point kind of relying on the school system to be our childcare, which apparently that's not a good idea. Um, and so one of us had to stay at home and that, that was just naturally me. And so I would stay at home with the kids on the week in the week. And then some weekends I would still clinically work. So I found myself in a really good position to, um, be able to qualify for real estate professional status at that point because my W-2 job had like decreased so considerably. And at the same time, because I was at home, I had more time to like, you know, look on Redfin and look on Zillow. And, you know, all of a sudden I was like really all in for the, the real estate acquisition. So we were buying more and more real estate at the time and I was in a position to declare reps. But I looked around and, you know, so one thing I should say about real estate professional status is it is like a really massively um, powerful tax loophole, but with this comes like some major responsibility, right? Like the IRS isn't going to just let you like like everybody just declare it and just have have it be done with. So it's really really important to document your hours. That's like the number one most important thing is documentation. And you know, as a physician, we always say this, and as all now also as a real estate investor, I say this. Documentation is the most important thing. And because you're showing that you materially participate in your real estate and you're doing so pretty much daily, right? As real estate investors, if we're really, really in our our, our empire or in our investments, we're probably doing something on the daily with, with our investments. And so those kind of documentation hours really add up and it can become burdensome to, to keep that documentation. Like you don't want to have like a pile of notes or pictures or receipts on your desk. And that's going to be what you rely on in case you get audited. So I was really worried about that portion of it. I really needed to have my ducks in a row before I went down that road. And I looked around and there was nothing. I mean, people... Um, Amanda, who is my CPA, I asked her, Amanda Hahn, who you who you said you had as a guest, who's wonderful. Um, yeah, I, I asked her, her really well. She's she's the the best. She's amazing. Yes, she is really. She's a, a great CPA and also a great human. Mm -hmm. um, but I asked her, I was like, so what do people do? And she was like, well. Excel and you know she loves Excel and <laughs> so yeah I was like well that might work for you but I don't know it feels a little like antiquated to me like isn't there something isn't there a better solution for that and 
So, you know, I, I do have a little entrepreneurial spirit and I realized, wow, there is a massive hole in this industry that needs to be solved. And who else to do it but me? And at the time, I didn't know how to code an app or to do anything, but um, I learned how to do it. And, um, you know, I thought, well, this is the best time. I'm at home with my kids. They're on the computer. I'll be on the computer. And so that's long story short, majorly fast forwarding through a lot of <laughs> a lot of hiccups. Um, Reps Tracker was born. So you figured out how to code this yourself. Yeah. And I should say um, that, yes, it is on a no code platform. So I use that at that word a little loosely. But so if, if there's any computer programmers out there, I just want to be you know, <laughs> transparent with me. that. Don't come for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I did I did um, launch it myself and I did create it myself. Um, I, I looked around to actually to hire somebody to make the app for me. Mm -hmm. And it was just like the timeline. It was mostly the timeline, but also the expense was just, was massive to try to get somebody to do it for you. And you've ever, if you're somebody who's ever tried to launch an app, I know sometimes when I do these podcasts, I get a lot of people reaching out to me who have, who have like tried to launch an app before. And, um, what you do realize is like, it's hard to translate your idea to somebody else who's not in that world. And so because of that, there's, there's definitely added time, there's added expense. And so I very briefly went down that road and um, realized that like nobody was able to get it like I did in the moment. And so I just thought it would be easier to learn the skills than to teach somebody else how to learn what I was thinking or like read my mind type thing. Um, now I do have um, tech people. So now it's not all me. And once I went public with it, um, I did hire tech people. So um, yeah, <laughs> but I did, I, I was the one that, that, that launched it initially. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's internet people's favorite thing to do to tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> Most of the time they haven't done the thing themselves either. They just like to poke holes in everybody else. So, yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, that's really, really impressive. So what exactly, so what does reps tracker do? I mean, yeah. Kind of alluded yeah, to it. Danced but. around it a little <laughs> bit. Yeah. 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 So, um, when you are logging your hours, you both have to log your your actual activity. So let's say, I'll give an example. So let's say that you went to your rental property and you um, painted the fence that when your when your tenant moved out or whatever. So you spent two hours painting the fence. So when when or if, I should say if, I shouldn't say when, if you get audited and you're using that time as a, um, as for your real estate professional or your short-term rental loophole hours, you have to show the IRS that you had, basically have to prove that you painted that fence. So what Reps Tracker does is you you log it in the moment. So on your app, it's easy. It's like user-friendly, log it in the moment, take a picture of you painting the fence and attach it onto your log entry. And this all gets categorized and in our database and it keeps it organized. And then at the end of the year, or, you know, however you want to do it, if you want to keep it digital, that's, that's great. Some people um, print out all of their logs at the end of the year. So at the end of the year, you can have a nice printout, you show it to your CPA, you guys can discuss it. Oh, maybe this, this law, this entry may or may not be like what, 
we want to like rely on for our hours. Maybe you should have more material participation hours um, showing X, Y, Z or in this property or whatever. So you can easily have a place where you and your CPA can discuss these hours because it, it organizes it so well. And then you also have this um, big drop box of all of your um, evidence that's also tied to all of these entries because evidence is like one of those things in the court cases where, yeah, you you may have all of your logs, but if you're not able to substantiate it with evidence, then it's easy for a, another human to poke holes in it, right? Like it's it's easy to say that you did something and not actually do it, and it's easy for the the person to say to to be able to poke holes in in whether you did something. So it's all really important. It does add up to a lot of data, a lot of organization, and then so so the Rep Tracker app and the website. You, if some people choose to do it on their desktop. Um, which is great too. So either one of those platforms organizes all of your data um, for you. Awesome. So I think that the, just like you said, a lot of people are like, okay, well, I need to figure out how I'm going to track these hours. Am I just doing this on Excel? And then while, if I'm taking pictures of me painting this fence, how am I getting this into Excel? And how am I getting this into something that's like easy to refer back to? Should there be any questions on anything? Uh, so that's really cool. So you can just kind of take a picture directly in the app of any anything that you happen to be doing that needs to yeah. be logged. That's correct. Yep. This episode of The Short Term Show is brought to you by The Short Term Shop. 30-year fixed mortgages, tax benefits, and long-distance management training made easy are just a few of the perks of owning a short-term rental. The Short-Term Shop can help you buy and learn how to manage your property from anywhere in the world. Just go to theshorttermshop.com and click Get Connected. Again, that's theshorttermshop.com, and we are brokered by eXp. See y'all over there. Join me live every Thursday for a weekly Q&A all about short-term rental. If you like my vibe, if you're digging the long hair extraordinaire cash flow Carl and want to ask me questions in real time, Join me at strquestions.com. It's a lot of fun. strquestions.com. How do you track how many hours that took? So say it took me six hours to paint a fence. Is there some kind of way, I don't guess there is, to show evidence of exactly how many hours that took since we're talking about evidence? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. And um, I do get this question a lot um, from users and um, when I'm doing webinars and stuff like that. And I think that you you do need to be reasonable. Like there are some people I know I've heard users say that like they will like, you know, take a picture of the beginning, the end, the middle. Blah, blah, blah. Like you, you can be as meticulous as you want, as you feel comfortable. Um, the way that I've had it explained to me by, you know, Amanda and other CPAs is like what would a reasonable person accept as evidence? So yes, you can, um, you can, you can like, you know, yeah, you can take pictures of every time point and have a time log and stuff like, like, you know, have uh, of every time point. And that, that's great. Then that would certainly help you, but you know, that also does become cumbersome. So what, whatever you think is a reasonable person, like if I were in the the shoes of an IRS person, what would I, of an auditor, what would I accept as reasonable? And I should say that there are features on reps tracker that do help um, with this. Like there's a, there's a timing feature, so a timer feature. And a lot of people really like that because um, it becomes much more specific 
um, because when you start rounding and then it's, then it starts to be, look a little bit more suspicious, like, oh, you, you like for two exact hours, you painted the fence. Like that's probably not true. And when you, when you have it like that, and then it, you know, arise, probably arises more suspicion in a reasonable person. Like maybe you, you probably rounded up. Yeah, you, I, it's more likely that you round it up than round it down. So it's nice to use this timer feature to have it exact time if you can. Okay. Timer feature. That helps a lot, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and how much did this app cost on that app store? Yeah. Good question. So you can either do it um, monthly or yearly, whatever. So it's um, subscription-based and um, it's $29 a month if you do it monthly um, and there's a 20% discount if you do it yearly. Now I can't remember what that what the the final price is if you want to pay annually. Um, and actually, I can um, offer a coupon for the people who are listening to this um, to this podcast. Um, so I, if you type in short term in your promo, um, so make sure you do two T's, um, then and no dash or anything, just short term. Um, and use that as your coupon code, then um, you can get 10% off. I should also say that um, we we do have a two-week free trial. So if you want to just try it and see if it works for you, then um, you know, you that's it's pretty risk-free. And so just just see if it works for you. What would I feel like is, you know, it's it um certainly it is, you know, some a little bit more cash, but um, if for something that you're doing daily, like over and over and over again in this real estate empire for this tax benefit that can like save you a ton of money, it's pretty drop in the bucket if you think about it. But but yeah, try it out um, risk free. OK, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a totally affordable product. And when you are spending five hundred, a million, a million and a half thousand Right. On a mil- million and a half, I meant five hundred thousand million. Uh, you guys know what I meant. Yeah, uh, a million and a half thousand. Um, it really isn't a, a large investment to make to be able to track these kinds of things for the number, you know, the amount that you might be able to save on your taxes, which can be considerable, you know, depending on on what your W two is. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. So let's, uh, now I want to talk about your portfolio. So you were led to create this by being a high income W2 family and then also investing in real estate. So let's talk about your real estate. What is in your portfolio? Yeah. So um, I, I alluded to the fact that we started with short-term rentals or a, with one, actually one big short-term rental um, in the Palm Springs area, which we has actually sold um, in the last couple of years. Unfortunately, in the Palm Springs area, if you're an investor there, you may know that a lot of the desert cities have started to um, kind of crack down with their, with their, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Rules, Mm -hmm. (laughs) code, city code, regulation. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, so we, we did sell it, sold it at a profit. It ended up still being a good decision for us and it was profitable for many years. Um, so that's what we, we started on. And we, we started in the short-term world, um, almost 10 years ago, it was probably, so it was before a lot of, like before it became a a really popular thing. So we really felt like we were going out on a limb actually, when we started that, Um, but we did, it did open our eyes to like, see, wow, like passive income is kind of where it's at. Like we, we don't have to be like at the hospital making this money. We can be, you know, just at home, we can be sleeping. Um, And so then we, I I did do um, long-term rentals after that. And so, so I have 
um, several long-term rentals in Alabama and Tennessee, some, a lot of single family homes, um, duplex, triplex. Um, so kind of small multifamily or single family, um, in, in the South. So. Okay. Awesome. I'm a big, a big fan of having more than one type of asset class in your portfolio, just because it, it's just really good, just like in stocks, which I shouldn't compare it to stocks. It's completely different, but it's good to have a diverse portfolio. It is never yeah. a bad thing. So I'm a big, big fan of that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's great. And, um, you know, this is a little bit of a, um, outside of this question, but I did want to mention since I did talk about the, the regulations for short-term rentals, um, and that that ended up being the reason why we we sold ours. I know that you do sometimes you do midterm rentals and you talk about midterm rentals on this this show too. Mm-hmm. And um I should say that the short-term rental loophole you can also use for midterm rentals, which I think is like such a powerful thing when you're talking about the regulations. Um so if you live in a city that a lot of them use 30 days as kind of the the minimum that you can rent out your place. Um you can use the midterm rental. Um, you can use your midterm rental to qualify for the short-term rental loophole if you rent your place out for 30 days or less as an average length of stay, and you provide hotel-like services. So, I know that not everybody wants to do that, but if you know you you provide food or you know a daily cleaning, something that looks like a hotel-like service, then you can also um, qualify for the short-term rental. So it's it's kind of a nice way to have a um, be able to qualify for this loophole, but still have properties in these cities that have a lot of regulations about it. Okay. Yeah. It hadn't occurred to me that you could still use multi, I mean, multi midterm rental. Mid-term. We just talked about <laughs> not being able to find our words right before. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. Before. I think that cursed us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, it hadn't occurred to me to do it for midterm rental, but I guess that, that makes a lot of sense. Well, before we get to the last three questions of the show, is there anything else that I didn't ask about Reps Tracker or any other points that you want to make that you feel like our listeners could benefit from hearing about? Um, yeah, I think that one thing is what I found when I was um, going down the Reps Tracker, or not the Reps Tracker, the Reps pathway is I felt very alone in that world. And I also, I felt like there was not, besides Amanda, um, but I, I felt like there was not many people that I could turn to, to ask questions. And um, so one thing that I have implemented with reps tracker is like a community Facebook group where all of the active users can ask questions on the Facebook group and, and have more of a community with um, other people who are declaring reps or, or doing the short-term rental loophole. So it's, it is a nice place to just be able to like, there's always like kind of weirdness that comes up um, with reps hours and rep with STR hours. And so it's a nice place to kind of bounce ideas off of people. Um, So yeah, that's also part of our, our, our app. It's essentially just like a community too. Okay. And what's the name of the Facebook group? Um, it's actually just called the reps tracker, the reps tracker Facebook group. group. Okay. Yeah. Right. It's, it's a private group. So, <laughs> so yes, if you're, uh, you, you, you have to be, you can, you can be in a trial. So, but you have to be a reps tracker subscriber to, to use it. And then awesome. we send you the link when, when you do become a subscriber. Awesome. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. We're to the last three questions of the show that we ask everyone these questions. First one, what advice would you give 20 year old Kirsten? Oh my gosh. In, in real estate, uh, 
this is totally honest. I would say like buy everything. <laughs> when I was 20 years old, oh my gosh, if I had just like followed any, I, you, and and it's kind of true. I would have, uh, I I felt like I was not in a good place to buy real estate, which I, I certainly wasn't because then I would have been in my 20s and in med school probably at the time. So certainly did not have a lot of, a lot of money. Um, but uh, I, I, I think I would have, told myself to be more creative. Just, just like there was a lot of, especially at that time, there was just a, a ton of opportunity. There was a lot of um, like houses that I would say, see and be like, Oh, that house looks like a super ugly house and a great location. Like this would be a great investment. You know, I was always kind of thinking that and I was like, Oh, I don't have money to do that. So mm-hmm. I would just say, be creative, over leverage, buy it all. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Great advice. And second question, kind of similar to the first, what advice would you give a new short-term rental investor who's getting started today? Yeah. Yeah. And I actually have a lot of conversations with people. And actually I was at at a party last night with, it was a work party. So all doctors. Um, And um, so I would say that what I hear often is these limiting beliefs in in investing in short-term rentals or investing in real estate. And often it's like, you know, they, they kind of bring up these, these limiting beliefs that may or may not have be super legitimate. Like last night, um, with, you know, my doctor party, I've, I had a lot of people saying, well, I don't feel like I have enough money right now to like extra money to invest in real estate or, um, and like really examine your limiting beliefs. Cause right. Especially in the, the crowd that I was with, like, do you really think that you are like no other real estate investors have had less money than you. Like, do you really think that that's true? Like go down that road. Don't just let it be an excuse, but really like really examine what's holding you back. Um, and one of those ways is that I, that I found is by going to like meetup groups or, um, you know, meetings and, and, talking to people. And you realize that like, when you're in this bubble, you kind of feel like everybody, everybody's like you, right. But when you go out inside of your bubble, you meet these people who are like, oh yeah, I was waitressing and I just, you know, put, put aside some money. And then I house hacked in a duplex. And then I sold that, that duplex. And then I like 1031 exchange to something else. And you realize like, you can start small and still build and it, it becomes like a, an exponential thing, but you don't, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to have a perfect set of variables to start. So you just start by starting wherever you are, but, but stop making excuses for yourself. Really, really, really good advice because I would imagine the vast majority of physicians are extremely far ahead of where I was financially when I bought my first property. Right, right. And they don't realize that, you know, they just, you know, a lot of physicians just hang out with other physicians. And so they don't, yeah. they don't realize that there are people, there's tons of people, tons of investors who started out way smaller and yeah. became very successful investors like yourself. So. Okay. Also great advice. And last question, what's your favorite book that's impacted your mindset? Yeah, good question. Um, so I, I, this, this may be a popular one on your, your show, but Atomic Habits is one of my, <laughs> yeah, one of my faves. And I actually forced my book club to do a book club on it. Um, and yeah, I think that it's, it's something that's really helped me as I go along the journey as an investor and as an entrepreneur 
in that realizing that you don't have to like change the world every day that you wake up. Like it doesn't have to be these massive life-changing decisions every day that you wake up. But if you keep on moving the needle forward for yourself and doing these small things every single day, then when you look back at the end of the year, you are going to have advanced so much in your business, in real estate. But you know, if you just wake up and sometimes, and it really helps me when in the mornings when I'm just like, oh gosh, I like, I wish I could just like stay home and watch Netflix, you know? And you know, those mornings where you're just like, I just, I don't want to be so high functioning right now. I just want to like, <laughs> just want to Netflix. <laughs> and I'll tell myself like, it's okay to have these days where you're not like, you're not, you don't have a ton of energy, but just do a few things to like, keep on like, you know, stretching your muscles, like, like just put some soldiers in the field for yourself. Like, and that's all you have to do. And then if you keep on doing that and those lazy days, then you're it, the, the cumulative effect is going to be great. So that's a great recommendation. I do love that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, Kirsten. So thank you so much for coming on. And if our listeners want to find the app or follow you on social media, et cetera, where can they do that? Yeah. So um, you can find the app at www. I don't know why I say that. I mean, it sounds very antiquated. Repstracker.com. <laughs> I think I'm like a product of the eighties or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, so you can go to repstracker.com. And, um, and I also have an Instagram account at at Repstracker and actually a new one um, at Kirsten Invests. So K-I-R-S-T-E-N Invests. Um, so you can follow me and Reps Tracker on either of those Instagram accounts. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on and we hope to speak with you again soon. Awesome. Thank you, Avery. <laughs>